Hey, what's up, world? Welcome to Snack Size, the podcast that will drag you into your most fabulous life. I'm your host, Lala Luscious, also known as the Snack of the Twin Cities. I decided for myself that I can be whatever I want to be, so I decided to be a drag queen. And if I can live my dreams, you can too. The time has come to believe in yourself enough to turn your ideas into more than mere words. And no matter what you are doing in life or where you want to go, I want to help you get there fabulously. Our double snack episode starts now. the latest single from our special double snack guest today called Empty. This guest is an American singer and drag queen who you watch on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10, and now you will be watching her on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5. In addition to drag, this diva took the world by storm as a recording artist with her first album, Call My Life, which peaked at number one on the Billboard Electronic Dance Charts. I do declare our guest today is Blair St. Clair. Let's give her a call. Hi, Blair. Welcome to Snack Size. Hey, thanks so much for having me and thinking of me. I am so excited to have you here with us today. For those listening, Blair and I know each other because we were both drag queens in Indiana. And I think that our last show was either three or four years ago when we performed at my college in Crawfordsville, Indiana. So it's been a while since we've caught up. Um, Let me know how you are and what's going on in Blair's world today. Oh my gosh. First of all, was that at Wabash when we performed Seriously the last time we worked together? Yeah, that was the last time we worked together. You know what? I did come see you when you were in Minneapolis. So at least I got to see you and you've grown so much. It's, oh, thank it's you. It's crazy. Thank so. you so much. That Well, Wabash was 2017 and you must have seen me in 2000 like... Uh, I guess maybe 19 or, and now it's 20. So it's way too long. It's been way too long. You know, it was a really interesting time for both of us because you were getting ready to go on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was actually leaving Indiana to move to Minneapolis. And one of the things that has been so inspiring for me is following your journey and seeing how well you've been doing. And it in turn has inspired me to do well here in my city. So thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. I mean, um, to, to answer your question of what's going on in my life right now, first of all, I hope you are staying happy, healthy, safe. I hope you're staying at home. Because, <laughs> <laughs> girl, I'm hoping everyone stays home so I can go back out to the clubs so we can okay. start doing our gigs again. But Get these coins. Honey. Yes. But um, in my life today, I've just been trying to stay busy. I started a little mini wig business. It's called Hair by Blair. Um, awesome. Yeah. So that's been keeping me busy and happy at home to keep me doing something during the day at home. And I've just been trying to keep the hustle going. How about you? I'm doing really well. Like you, I'm not performing right now. But because of that, I've began this new journey into podcasting. And it's been an amazing experience. So you and I started together in the boot camp of drag, which is Indiana. And I want to take you back to right after you had won Miss Gay Indiana, which is an annual pageant for drag queens that occurs every year within the state of Indiana. 
you and I were talking and you said that you were struggling with the pressure of people's expectations. One of the things I discuss on this podcast is how people and society's expectations can really affect us when it comes to living a happy and fulfilled life. So I want to start by talking a little bit about how you were able to push out that negativity and get to where you are now. You know, it's so much easier said than done. So many people so many times say to block out the pressures of everybody else and you just do you. And I honestly would love to say that it's been an easy journey and it's been an easy ride and that I just said, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do and I went for it. But that's not really what happened. I feel like what really kind of propelled me and what's pushed me to find where I am today is I took little mini steps to like finding what I wanted to do and how to get there. And I just kind of was like, I don't really know what I want to do. It's kind of like a senior year in high school and they're saying, hey, what do you want to do? What's your major and where are you going to school? You have no idea. And so I kind of thought about that the same way. I was like, you know what? I'm not planning for my biggest career move today. I'm just going to do what makes me happy today and keep doing whatever makes me happy or brings me joy and start trying those things little by little and eventually like setting small goals and a couple large goals that I can maybe attain that were realistic. I kind of was able to find this way of being able to do what makes me happy that I'm doing today. You have been very open about the ups and downs in your life. I was actually reading an article on Billboard.com, and you said, It's just amazing and so empowering that I am able to turn those negative experiences in my life into love today. And that in itself has just been an amazing, incredible journey for me. Can you talk about those challenges and how you have turned them into positives? I went through this really dark place in my life where I was just mad. I was angry. When I went through all these like different stages of grief, and I had to have someone tell me that, you have to feel those emotions. You have to let live those emotions and get through those emotions to find happiness or else you'll never be happy. So instead of me looking at situations when they've happened to me in the past of trauma or um, feeling like I you know, wasn't good enough or feeling like I was robbed of situations or even drag race, instead of saying, I wish I'd made it to the end or I wish I'd won. Instead, I have started saying, wow, I'm so proud of the accomplishment that I made within myself to go film a national television, to put myself out in a raw, vulnerable state. And I did that. And wow, you should cheer yourself on. That's amazing in itself. You should be really proud of yourself. You know, there are things that have happened to me in the past that I've looked at and have said, you know what? It's not my fault that I felt trauma or that I felt victimized. And instead of saying I'm a victim, I started saying I'm a survivor. And I think that's what's helped. Wow, that is absolutely beautiful. Taking back the power that negative situations can have over you is so hard to do, but it's essential to finding happiness and success in life. Speaking of Drag Race, when you were on the show, Ross Matthews had critiqued you and he said that he didn't understand you. And I know that was something you really took to heart. But now it is very clear to the world that you understand who you are today. I'd love to hear about how you found your sense of self and the work you did to find that after hearing that critique. What Ross Matthews said, and I never heard it in person. I watched it on TV because this is when the judges were talking. And what Ross says about me, he said, I don't think she's fully baked. Like, I don't think she is fully there. She's fully ready. She's got all that it takes, but just not right now. When I initially took it in, I was upset. And I was like, that's not true. I, I, I had what it takes. And then I thought about it and I was like, you need to remove your ego from his comment and actually analyze it. And he said, nothing against me. He just said, it wasn't ready yet. 
So I thought, okay, what is it that's maybe not ready? And I was like, maybe I just need to rebrand a little bit and I need to find out who I really am. So I sat down and I started thinking about my drag. And you know, coming from Indiana, we're kind of told how drag is supposed to be. And you, do, and you do this, that, and the other, and that's what will let you go on stage. And I feel like when I was kind of starting in drag, I was told that, you know, my makeup, for instance, was supposed to look a certain way. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. And what I want my face to be is to be as genetically female looking as possible. I really wanted to reflect what I love about drag. And that is the art of female impersonation for me. For me, that's what I love about drag. So I was like, how can I make that the biggest and best I can be? So I started like reaching out to makeup artists and I was like, teach me more things. I started watching more videos. I started going to dance class regularly. I started going to acting classes regularly. I took improv. I took film acting versus like theater acting. And I just started like engulfing myself into everything. And I was just like, I'm a sponge. I'm going to set my ego aside for everything and just learn. And I'm going to take tons of criticism in a positive way. So it's all positive criticism and just think like, how can I make myself better and better and better? Because I want to be the absolute best. And that is so important to living a happy and successful life. You always have to be working because once you attain your dream, you may have another one. Right. And what you're going to have to do is know how to mold and change to be able to meet that dream. Yes. Everything leads to our next thing. It's really a building process. I'm so glad you said that because at first I thought my dream was to go on drag race and then I did. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? So I had to set new dreams. And I was talking with Miss Fame and I said, oh, I hate looking back at some of the pictures I was like, I look and I say like, what the heck was I thinking? Like, why did I do my makeup like that? Why was I wearing that outfit? Why did I do my hair like that? And, and she said, girl, you got to stop. She's like, you have to look at those moments and be grateful for them. Because if you hadn't had that moment, you wouldn't be where you are today. And she also said, and you know what? Today, as you're talking to me, you're going to look back at a picture from today and think, girl, what was I thinking? And she said, <laughs> and she said, that's because you're growing and it's, and if you're not growing, then you should just stop because the ability to grow is honestly what's going to make you amazing. Another struggle you've discussed publicly is some ups and downs with your family, particularly your mother. For the listeners who may be having their own struggles with family, can you tell me a little bit about those challenges and how your relationship is today? It's so interesting because for the longest time, I was searching for the validation of so many people because I was so insecure. And I didn't know that that was what was going on in the back of my mind. So not only did I want the validation of my mother, but I also wanted the validation of the world. And then slowly but surely, I started receiving obviously more and more validation of comments and subscribers and people being in my life. And my life overnight changed drastically. And I realized that what I was seeking for so long was this validation of other people. Once I had it, nothing within me changed. And I finally kind of decided that I needed to love me first for myself to really feel that that sense of happiness and sense of self-worth. And my mom did the same thing for me. Like I so badly needed my parents to validate who I was and my career and my choices and what I've done. And even having that, I realized that I needed that. But for me specifically, until I accepted their love and their validation and choosing to love myself first. That's the first time when I started feeling, wow, I'm doing okay. For me, it was all about telling myself, you are good enough and you have to believe that and you are strong enough and you are good looking enough and smart enough and 
good enough for this world. One day I kind of woke up and I started believing that little by little. And that for me and my journey was like when everything changed. Would you say it was more like a fake it till you make it type thing where it's oh. like, you know, today I'm going to try to to believe in myself. And then eat, the more and more you did it, the more and more it became real. Absolutely. I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm so secure with myself today. I love myself fully today. I have my life together today because that's not true and it never will be true. And that's okay. I've accepted that fact because I've become self-aware enough to know that I'm going to have ebbs and flows in life. And instead of having like riding a roller coaster where I'm super high and super low, I try to, now I know this is such a dad joke, but I try to like ride the lasagna noodle where it's just like, (laughs) it's, it's like little tiny ebbs and flows instead of those really big ones. So I have different coping mechanisms today. So uh, if I'm feeling down or not able to like fake it until I make it, I call someone and be like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. I got to be honest. I got to let you know I'm upset. I saw this comment somewhere. It hurt me or this or that and the other. And someone has to kind of shake me a little bit, get me back to my roots and to where I was. And that helps so much because then a broken brain can't fix itself. So if you're kind of in this rut, you can't necessarily always talk yourself out of it. You got to reach out. And that helps me the most. Do you read the comments? Um, I love to say I didn't, but sometimes I do. Yeah. It's yes and no. So if it's something that I put out like content that I'm really proud of, I want to see that other people like it too. But then you're going to get those hateful comments. They're going to be there. And I have to sit back and remind myself, okay, I'm proud of what I did. I like what I did. And I'm just going to delete the comment. If it's negative, I delete it. It's out of sight, out of mind, and it's no longer there. I struggle a lot with the same types of things in my life. And one of the ways I deal with it is that I focus my energy on things that are going to help me grow. It's really important to surround yourself with activities and people that fill your cup and not take from it. And there's the other end, too. It's like, who is making this comment? Why is their opinion of me more important than my own opinion of me? Exactly. I have to ask myself that question when I... There could be a hundred positive comments in a room, but it takes just that one negative one. And, um, you know, for some reason I'm like, why do, why do I think about that one? And it's because that one comment didn't want to validate me. And that's the problem. It's like, whoa, 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 I don't need that. I need to remember that all I need is me. And if I liked it, that's all that matters. I'd love for you to talk about how your drag and your music and all your creativity helps you live a happy and successful life and how those things reflect who you are today. Uh, it's changed so much because originally I went into everything that I was doing as thinking like, hey, you want to grow, you want to learn because there are obviously professionals around you all the time. So I would always have my opinion, but kind of not speak it fully because I would think like, oh, I don't necessarily agree with them. But obviously they are, let's say a photographer, obviously they're a photographer. They know what they're talking about. It's their profession. I'm going to listen to them because they know, but I actually have gotten bit in the ass so many times for doing that because I didn't just listen to my gut. And I realized I was like, I might not be a professional photographer, for instance, but I do know what I like. And so I used to kind of sit back and let others steer the wheel. And now I feel like I'm in full control in the driver's seat. And I tell people like, no, I don't like that. Or yes, I do like that. Or it's not all the way there. I'm looking for this. And my drag aesthetic and character has changed so much because I think now it's exactly what I want it to be. And I'm in control finally. Now, let me ask you, did you have other dreams and goals before you found drag? Oh, yes. Actually, I found drag because of my initial dream and goal, which was to be on Broadway. And then I was cast in a musical called La Caja Fall as a drag queen. And I had never done drag. I never watched Drag Race. I didn't know much about drag culture, but it was that show that taught me all about drag and what it was about and where it's from. And I was just like, this is such a special art. 
this, I think, is what I want to do. So correct me if I'm wrong. Before all the drag race stuff happened, you had started doing drag full time for a little bit, right? Yes, I had. So when you decided to do drag full time and make it your career, do you remember that moment? And what was your biggest fear at that time? And have you overcome it? And how did you do it? Yeah, I I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to perform. And there was nothing else. And I knew that was very scary. Because as a contractor, I'm not receiving a W-2 in the mail at the end of the year from a job that I'm working at that okay. I'm, that to, just to file a tax return. Uh, you know, that means I am literally going from gig to gig to gig, and that is my income. And I made kind of a schedule for myself. I said, okay, I know how much I generally make per gig. I know how rough, how much roughly I make in tips per night and I can, I'll shoot low. So that way, I'll, hopefully I'll come out even higher than what I was thinking. And I just scheduled out my life. And I was like, okay, you have this much money a week for entertainment. You have this much money a week to spend on groceries. You have this much money to spend on miscellaneous. And then everything else is rent. And you'll ma- and I was going to meet rent and I had the extra money left over. And I knew that as long as I had the essentials paid for and I was being responsible and I had a plan and schedule, then I could probably do it. But I didn't know how long it was going to last. So that's the main reason why I auditioned for Drag Race. Because I was like, this is going to be in my career. And I know that's probably the only thing that's going to give me the most momentum and the largest platform. But that's how I initially started it. It was terrifying. But what it sounds like you did is that you actually sat down and made a plan and you believed in that plan. And I think that no matter what anyone wants to do, there's always going to be that fear of getting started. And the fact that you were, if I recall correctly, you were able to pretty quickly, like get the bookings and get the success, you know, before Drag Race that that you could make it. And I think even though you say it's terrifying, I think that it's awesome that you still dove in head first. And look, it it turned out (laughs) even more than your wildest dreams. Yeah. Well, thanks. It was really scary to begin with. And I think I was really lucky because I had just won Miss Gay Indiana. So a lot of the bars around Indiana were wanting to book me. The main ingredient to me starting my career is being the crown Miss Gay Indiana. Like, I'm really grateful for that. I will always, always go on record saying that. When you look back on your whole life and all the lessons you've learned, what would you say the secret is to living a happy and fulfilled life? That is a great question. I'd say looking back after everything that I've either experienced, done, tried, or been through... The secret for me, believe in yourself and have confidence, make strong choices, stand by those choices, deliver through the consequences, good or bad, and deliver from them, and continue to always stay true to yourself. That in itself should create a fulfilling and happy and healthy life because inevitably you're living for you. And I feel like that is the healthiest course of action. Thank you. Thank you so much, Blair, for coming on Snack Size. It was amazing to catch up with you. So if we want us a sickening wig, how do we get it? Oh, girl, I'm always making out those sickening wigs for anyone. You can head over to my second Instagram. My first Instagram page is at Blair St. Clair on Instagram and Twitter. But my second Instagram page where I do all custom hair orders is at Hair by Blair Official. So feel free to check that out. And I'm really excited to announce that I have my second album So I'm really, really excited about that. And that um, premiere is coming out soon as well. So stay tuned on all social media platforms so that way you can be the first one to hear or see new things. Well, I am going to be glued. I cannot (laughs) wait. Um, I love, love hearing your music. Do you know they actually play it in the clubs here? I've heard, yeah. Whenever I get like a text message or a DM from someone saying, look, your song's playing, it just makes me so excited. 
Well, thank you again so much for joining us here at Snack Size and Snacks. I will talk to you all soon. I hope everybody is staying safe and healthy and follow Blair on social media <laughs> and check out her new album very soon. Bye, Snacks. This episode of Snack Size is sponsored by Twin Cities Gay Scene, the online magazine for GLBT events, happenings, and culture in the Twin Cities area. Head on over to TwinCitiesGayScene.com to check out the bi-weekly magazine and be sure to sign up for the weekly scene shot email blast for chances to win fabulous prizes. Once again, that's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Be fabulous and be seen.